The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of NBA Today Hoop Ball Presentation. You already know what it is. You already know what it is. I got to apologize real quick because I actually had meant to come on here a lot earlier, like earlier this weekend, but your boy's computer uh, decided to give up on me. Yep, it croaked us last, and uh, I was kind of scrambling for a second. Got a temporary fix right now, so we are rocking and rolling, and we're going to get going. So, um, yeah, with that... Another change of plans. I was going to kind of do a little NBA reset. That will come this week. Have no fear. The recap, relook, whatever is here in terms of kind of taking stock of the NBA. You know, we just two weeks, uh, two days away from being two weeks away. By the time you hear this, we're going to be a day away from being uh, two weeks into the league. Uh, but then Steph Curry decided to go and explode for career high 62. So we kind of had to, uh, we kind of had to stop what we did. Stop what the idea was and to kind of get started there. So let's actually start with that game. Uh, Golden State Warriors playing the Portland Trail Blazers. They had gotten embarrassed, uh, what, just a couple nights before by this same Blazers team the the Warriors did. So you're looking at them, you're going, wow, you know, how are they going to bounce back? In fact, uh, the final score on the first of this year was 123 to 98 in favor of the Trail Blazers. So what what can the Warriors do to bounce back? One, you're looking at Kelly Oubre to kind of play at least some semblance of better in terms of, you know, just making some threes at above 7%. <laughs> uh, but aside from that, Andrew Wiggins, and, you know, you're looking at the supporting cast for sure. Draymond Green, that was the first game back. Of course, he was rusty, but that was to be expected. But a lot of the talk went to one Stephen Curry. A lot of talk that was getting kind of wild, not going to lie, it was getting kind of wild, talking about his legacy and this and that, and can he carry a team despite the fact that he's done it a couple of years now and it's 32, you know, toward the tail end of his prime, and now we're putting on expectation for Steph Curry as if he has to have a career year or something to validate uh, all the achievements and championships he's won in the past. thought it was wild, but whatever, it happened. Well, last night, <sighs> Steph Curry heard y'all. He heard y'all talking, and then he delivered. In, in a display of aggression offensively from Curry, I haven't seen in years. The dude went off for a career high, I'll repeat, a career high, 62 points. 62 points on 58% shooting with 8 three-pointers and 18 of 19 from the free throw line. Say it again. 62 points on 58% shooting, 58% shooting excuse me, 8 three-pointers, 18 of 19 from the free throw line. Also, he threw in 5 rebounds and 4 assists for good measure. As the Warriors bounced back in a major way to beat the Blazers 137 to 122. That's a career high for Steph Curry. That's um an arena high uh in the Chase Center for the Golden State Warriors. It was a display like no other. Uh as far as other pieces, I mean when you score sixty two, I mean it's kind of just your show, right? But Kelly Oubre did kind of bounce back, still shooting horrible from three, one for five from there for, for, for tonight, for last night for Oubre. But he had seventeen points, five rebounds. Andrew Wiggins, twenty one points, seven rebounds, two assists, also one five from three. I mean, if you look at it, the Warriors hit thirteen threes on a thirty eight percent clip. Eight of those came from Steph Curry. Draymond Green, you know. Took two shots, didn't make anything, but the the way that he's able to single-handedly disrupt defense or disrupt offenses is amazing. Time and time again, he just snuffed Yusuf Nurkic out of the pick-and-roll game. You know, the one that Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum worked so well to kind of free up their own deadly shooting. Just snuffed it out like it wasn't even there. 
again and again. Timely strips. Uh, you know, had hands on countless other balls that don't come up on the official stat sheet. He had a block and a steal officially to go along with three rebounds and eight assists. But his chemistry with Curry made things so much easier for Curry. Not that he needed it, because Curry... Whew, you know, Curry sometimes can get a little wild. Draymond Green comments after the game that he can kind of play with the ball a little bit. He was not playing with the ball. Curry took the ball and immediately was attacking the basket. I mean, 18 of 19 from the free throw line. Relentlessly getting to the rim. Knocking down threes. Defense is in his face. He got a 50-point shot or 50-pointer um, on a nice kind of push shot where he put Gary Trent in jail. Kind of got to about the foul line area, had Trent behind him, and was kind of engaging the front line of the defense, the back line of the defense, and then just lofted up that floater shot. Curry was amazing out there. He was amazing. Uh, this was a display like no other. Uh, I actually was going to turn away uh, before the before the game started. I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this, but, you know, I'm glad I watched. <laughs> Curry did this all, by the way, in just 36 minutes. Join Kobe as the only player, only players in NBA history to score at least 62 points in 36 minutes or fewer. He also joins Kobe in another uh, odd little nugget here. His 62 points is the second oldest player in history to put up at least 60 points. Remember, the late great Kobe Bryant put 60 on the Jazz in his final career game. That is just insane. This current performance is is something else. And he wasn't even that hot, quote-unquote, from three. Eight of 16? I mean, he's had a lot more prolific, prolific nights from out there. This wasn't one of them. This was okay. I mean, 31 shots. 18 of 31. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. It was a nice that you could see in the offense, Steve Kerr just kind of said, okay, you know what? I've been making this a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Steph Curry pick and roll. Steph Curry to the basket. Steph Curry for three. We're just going to free him up with the simplest actions possible. We don't have the basketball kind of savants we did in years past to kind of keep this sophisticated, multifaceted offensive system. Make it simple. Cup it down to the bare bones. You have one of the best offensive players in NBA history. Utilize that. And Kerr did. And Curry performed. And that's why the Warriors had the game that they had. Definitely check that out, y'all. It was good. Uh, just real quick, the Blazers, I mean, they weren't to be outdone. They definitely came and competed, too. Let, let's give let's put some respect on their name. Uh, Damon Lillard went off for 32 points, hit six threes. Uh, percentage is a lot less gaudy than Curry's, 41% from the field, 40% from three. But he still played well, four rebounds, four assists. CJ McCollum chipped in with 28 on 43% shooting, uh, nine rebounds and five assists for him. Honestly, yet Ennis Cantor. 24 points and 12 rebounds off the bench. Unfortunately, his defense was god-awful, but it always is. And again, the Warriors just ate that alive again and again and again. But they needed that offensive firepower off the bench from Cantor because you really didn't get anything from the front line at all. Seven for Nurkic, who, like I said, looked totally flummoxed out there. Six for Covington and three for Derrick Jones Jr. That's not enough for a Portland team that relies so much on Dame and CJ already that they can't get anything else from their ancillary pieces. And your best offensive weapons, your biggest defensive liability? I mean, come on now. Come on now. Yeah, also, one last thing about the whole Steph Curry dialogue. So, Channing Fry, uh, last night on NBA TV, he had to kind of walk back um, some hot take stuff about Curry. He said, basically, you know, is this going to be important for Curry's legacy? <laughs> I don't know. And then, of course, Curry dropped 62. So, then he's like, well, you know, um, actually, if he keeps playing like this, he uh, is an MVP candidate. One, I mean, come on. Like... If he keeps averaging 62 points, if he keeps being aggressive on the offensive end, if the Warriors win enough games, he could be even be consideration. Like, that's a few things off the top that I'm like, uh, I don't know. But also, are we serious? I mean, Steph Curry had an explosion game. This was a bounce-back game, but there's a reason the haters come out the woodwork. He hasn't been, he hasn't been great. I mean, the Warriors haven't been great, but 
but he's part of the Warriors, and he hasn't been great either. It's not like you go and say, okay, Steph Curry's been leading the Warriors, they just haven't been doing enough to help him. Eh, it's kind of a bit of everybody. It's kind of been everybody. So, like, now, keep the MVP conversation out of that. I have a whole tangent on this MVP conversation. I said some on Twitter, at CorbettNBA. Uh, I just... Uh, it's killing me, and we're going to have a conversation about them. I'm going to bring a guest on or something to kind of flesh this bad boy out, but I am sick and tired of people doing MVP coronations when we are six games in a piece. Six games in for each team a piece, and we got an MVP? With that being said, when I you know, put out my early MVP ladder uh, later on, we'll understand, but like, are we serious right now? It's ridiculous. It escapes me. It, it, all, it has, and it will continue to do so, and I don't get it, and I won't get it, and I don't like it. So... Let's go, y'all. Let's give it a little bit more. Like, does sample size mean anything anymore? But honestly, that's all I have for the Steph Curry talk. I mean, it was an amazing performance. It was one that, I mean, great for him to kind of shout down all the haters because they were coming out. They were coming out the woodwork. You know, Twitter is a fertile ground for NBA haters who watch a quarter of the games but have double the takes. So it's a thing. It's a thing. It sucks, but it's totally a thing. So, yeah. All right, so I'm going to get back to these games. we got some more to get into. But before I do, I have to share... One of our great sponsors of HoopBall, you know where you can find us, hoop-ball.com, on Twitter, at HoopBall Tweets. Uh, I got to say, a proud sponsor of my show, because that's what you say when you're on a podcast network that has a sponsor, Manscaped. We've partnered with them once again. It is Lawnmower 3.0 season. Lawnmower 3.0 is the cutting-edge tech that Manscaped has spent months painstakingly working on to give you the best in your grooming experience. Between LED lights and just these beautiful, uh, I don't even know, the, the accompaniments as far as uh, ways in which you can get down into the nether regions and take care of yourself in the best way possible, the Lawnmower 3.0 is a must-get. But let me tell you something I got my hands on. I got my hands on two things. One is the Manscaped Crop Mop, which is just, I don't want to say, for lack of a better word, ball wipes. I Anti-chafing, moisturizing, deodorizing perfect for on the go these things are beautiful man i feel like a baby when i'm done i'm just gonna leave it at that it's it's taking me back to the better parts of the childhood when you feeling fresh and your boom boom is nice it's those types okay also and this is the crown jewel manscaped refined i'm holding it in my hands as i'm sharing this with you the manscaped refined cologne let me tell y'all oh baby it is amazing it is amazing. I may be able to go wear this and find myself a girl in the future. I'm just saying. This stuff, it, 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 it's a statement of refinement. It is clean. It is strong. It is like me. And I'm sure like y'all. So check it out. You can get this, the crop mop, all the stuff, and, and many more amazing products from Manscaped with this great code I'm about to give you right now. All this. 20% off plus free shipping with code HOOPBALL20. I say it at least four times a show. HOOPBALL20. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. One more time. HOOPBALL20. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. To get 20% off order plus free shipping with Manscaped at manscaped.com. Check that out for sure. So, Sunday actually had some fun games. I've been talking about blowouts and blowouts this and blowouts that. And they, they, they've been trash, yo. They've been... They've been bad, but we had some good ones. Uh, a nice, fun one was one between Washington and Brooklyn. The Wizards held on. It was a very, 
thrilling nail-biting win over the Brooklyn Nets, 123 to 122. Uh, Bradley Beal at 27 points, 10 rebounds, and, and and the assist on a Thomas Bryant dunk with 14 seconds left, and that was the final basket to put Wizards ahead for good um, on Sunday afternoon. And then Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. They missed jumpers on the last possession. Uh, Kyrie missed a three. Uh, the rebound got tapped around. Kevin Durant got it. Had like a tuft mid-range jumper that bounced off the back rim, and that was it. Uh, this was a, a crazy, crazy game. Thomas Bryant, uh, for the record, 21 points and 14 rebounds. Russell Westbrook had 24 points and 10 assists. He didn't shoot that well. Neither did Beal. Uh, Westbrook was 7-25. Beal was 9-25. of But good balance there, if you want to say that. Um Westbrook was five rebounds short of a triple-double, but he had recorded four uh, previous ones, so that was cool. And Washington has won his second straight after an 0-5 start. And it's first with Russell Westbrook. So again, for all those Russell Westbrook haters that I'll be seeing on Twitter about Russell didn't win a game with the Wizards, where y'all at now? Where y'all at now? He won one with the Wizards over a good Brooklyn Nets team that incidentally has lost three out of four now. Speaking of the Nets... Irving had 30 points and 10 assists, while Durant, in an increased playmaking role as Nash has started to stagger, the two had 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. In this game, this went back and forth. This was a lot of fun. Um, remember, the Nets have pulled out a 145-141 shoot against the Hawks lat- this past week. It looked like they were going to get another one. I mean, at halftime, this uh, the score was 71-70, and Irving and Buble had 20 points apiece. This was This was crazy. This was this was crazy. Uh, with this loss, Brooklyn fell to one and three in its homestand. They have games against uh, both the Jazz and the 76ers, so you still have some tough games ahead. Uh, this will be interesting to see how this happens. As for Washington, they go and play the Wizards on Wednesday, so uh, you're going to see a little bit of a stagger between these guys uh, in terms of how they play their opponents. Uh, with the 76 being the common denominator. Uh, Rui Hachimura had 15 points, uh, missed all three of his threes, but he played well. Uh, in addition to that. And we already mentioned the uh, Bradley Beal, uh, Russell Westbrook tandem, and Thomas Bryant. Uh, Davis Bertans off the bench, 15 points on 4 of 10 from 3. That was pretty solid. Aside from that, didn't get a whole lot. Um, I would say the Wizards shot a pretty uh, solid 36% from 3, despite only making 12 from the great beyond. Uh, Russell Westbrook wasn't a complete disaster. Like, that's a joke. He was 1 of 7 from 3. Uh, one of them actually led to a runout for um, Timothy Leavo Cabarro, who actually did pretty well himself. 14 points on 4 of 5 from 3 with 4 rebounds and an assist. Um, this runout that he had, though, was when the game was tight, and Westbrook took the 3, but rather than get back, he held his pose as if he thought he was Curry? I don't know, but it was off. It wasn't off by a lot, but it was off, and Timothy Leavo Cabarro, went off to the races, the ball went out to him, and that was it. And that made the game a lot tighter than it would have been. Uh, that three-pointer would have pushed it ahead to, what, four, if I remember correctly. So that was big. Um, Karis Avert did not have a great game off the bench, 24 minutes, 3 of 13 from the field. Uh, in fact, aside from those big two and Timothy Lau Cabarro, the only uh, bright spots were Jared Allen uh, with 14 points and Joe Harris with 16. Joe Harris hit some big threes. Uh, Jared Allen had a monster reverse dunk plus the foul um, in the game. In addition to those 14 points, he had 11 rebounds. And again, I say, why are we starting DeAndre Jordan? Four points, five rebounds, 14 minutes. He's beginning to start because it's the obligatory DeAndre DeAndre. Did I say DeAndre Ayton or I said DeAndre Jordan? Every time I say it, I feel like I have to double-check myself. I feel like I said the right thing. But anyway, DeAndre Jordan is getting like the obligatory, well, I'm here, um, and because of me, sort of, Kyrie and, and Kevin are here, so I'm going to get these uh, starter minutes here. Meanwhile, the better center is backing me up. Like, it makes zero sense to me. I will never understand that. 
you get more production, you get a better fit, more mobility on the defensive end, more mobility anywhere with Jared Allen than you do with DeAndre Jordan. It's that simple. I don't understand it. Uh, and, I mean, if we're waiting for Jordan to buy in and say, hey, by the way, man, maybe I should come off the bench, I do not think that Steve Nash would hesitate for a heartbeat before saying, you know what, you're definitely right. That's the great choice, DeAndre. I think I will do that. But apparently he doesn't feel like that's a need, despite doing nothing. I mean, this isn't the first game that he's been out read by Jared Allen. This isn't. And, and even in the minutes he's getting, I mean, they're not like, oh, if you doubled that output that he'd have those numbers. I just, I don't see it. Maybe I'm maybe I'm beating the dead horse uh, I don't see it. Another thrilling game, though. Another thrilling game. The Boston Celtics uh, had lost a narrow game to the Detroit Pistons uh, a couple days back, and they returned to favor, beating the Pistons 122-120 on a game-winning jumper or game-clinching jumper by Jason Tatum, who finished with 24 points, 8 rebounds, a career-high 12 assists, 4-8 from 3. You still have the red-hot Jalen Brown, 31 points on 16 shooting possessions, 13 of 16. Five of eight from three and three assists. I mean, this was this was solid play from those guys. Uh, you add that with some solid contributions by Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson, and you have some good bounce. Marcus Smart with 17 and 10 assists, and that was just enough to beat the Pistons, who, I mean, they played well. None of the stat lines on the Pistons look great. Svi uh, Mikhailuk looked better. He's probably the best guy. 15 points in 15 minutes. Three of six from three really gave them a spark in that fourth quarter. Josh Jackson had it going, but he went down uh, with the nasty-looking ankle injury at the monitor and see how that works out. But with 13 points, one rebound, and two assists in 13 minutes, he looked really solid. Jeremy Grant, I, I have to admit, I may have been a little quick um, shouting out the Jeremy Grant is Trevor Reza 2.0 uh, in terms of you know picking up a bigger role and not succeeding because he's actually looked okay. Like, I mean, the Pistons suck and. I don't know if it's a ringing endorsement that Jeremy Grant has done better in an outsized offensive role on a team that is going nowhere, but if it is, then there you go. I gave it to you, right? <laughs> 50% shooting for him, 22.6 rebounds. Blake Griffin, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Duncan Smith said it best on Twitter. Hey, Duncan Smith, like, we know he has to start because he's Blake Griffin, but, like, it was painful. Just under 30 minutes, 4 of 14 from the field, 3 of 10 from 3, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, and he got absolutely cooked on the last possession, uh, when Jason Tim hit that jumper, he just with a like a quick hard left to right crossover dribble and left Blake in the dust, and then Blake like tripped and fell. It, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And like having him on that was just a, a problem in itself. But Blake Griffin, he was like a 36 year old on that play, and it's 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 not his fault. It's all those injuries. But he has like no lateral mobility, like nothing on that side. It's 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 tragic to see, and it's 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 crazy. Like, how far he's kind of gone, you know? It's not been the greatest year to him. He's taken, I think, uh, half of his shot attempts uh, so far this season have been three-pointers. Like, he's becoming just a playmaking stretch five. Like, as his ideal role. Uh, Big money Mason Plumlee, 13 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Uh, you know you love seeing Mason Plumley get it, got the bag. Now he's getting these numbers, right? Uh, Derrick Gross had 13 points, but on 4-12 shooting, uh, he did have eight assists. Killian Hayes continued to do uh, just what's in line with his career averages so far. He's been an underwhelming rookie. Uh, he's averaging four points and four assists for the season. And guess what? He gave the Pistons five points and four assists. So there you go. I mean, I guess you like the four assists to two turnover ratio, I guess. But that's what you got from him. Uh, and aside from that, not a whole lot going on. 
to Sadiq Bey, DeLon Wright, not a whole lot there. Sekou Demboya came off, gave you 8 points, 3 of 3, 2 of 2 from 3. Uh, Jaloko 4 gave you 6. That was really it for the Pistons, but it was a fun game. Tight possessions, just really, really good. Right, Clippers beat the Suns 112-107. Now they're both at 5-2 at the top of the West. Clippers actually had a lead as high as 31, but the Suns chipped away, chipped away, and chipped away and made it a game, made it a four-point game at one point. Uh, the Clippers were led by Paul George with a massive game, 39 points, 7 of 10 from 3, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. Kawhi did not have a great game, 15 points and 6 rebounds on 4 of 21 shooting. Uh, but there was some more bounce. Uh, Nicholas Batum had 14 points. Luke Kennard had 14 points. The acquisitions uh, in the offseason for the Clippers kind of paying dividends there. For the Suns, uh, DeAndre Ayton had 24-8. and eight. Devin Booker, 25 points, 5 rebounds, 8 assists. Chris Paul, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists on 50% shooting. Uh, but aside from Dario Sarge off the bench, there wasn't a whole lot of production. And honestly, I think that kind of did it. Uh, the fact that the Suns put up such a good rally was great, but at the very end, Paul George just could not be contained. And that was the difference uh, for victory for the Clippers. Paul George was quite simply on fire. But, yeah, this game was uh, this game was interesting. This game was interesting. So, uh, now the Clippers, Suns, and Lakers are tied uh, for the Western Conference lead right now at the top of the standings. Uh, but, yeah, this is, this is something else. Something else for them. Uh, for the Suns, they are legit. They are legit. I mean, I do worry about some sustained offensive performance off the bench. I think you're still putting – there's balance there, but I don't see one guy who could just go and take over um, games for spells. You know what I mean? Outside of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, of course. You know, guys who you go, okay, here, here's the ball. Go at it again and again. DeAndre Aiden's just had a very confusing uh, season for me so far. I've been impressed and moments and just disgusted by his complete lack of – I, I, I want to say tenacity. It's just been weird. But – that's another story for another day. We're going to talk about that a little later. Uh, Jazz beat the Spurs 130-109. to uh, The Spurs just couldn't hit the broad side of the barn. Did not shoot very well from three. Uh, DeJounte Murray went 1-13 from the field. Uh, just horrific display offensive for him. Uh, Lonnie Walker, Jakobert, 11 apiece. The Spurs were led by Keldon Johnson, who's had a very, very strong sophomore year for the Spurs uh, at 22 points and 7 rebounds. And DeMar DeRozan, 19 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, again, LaMarcus Aldridge is out due to some... Um, like knee, leg, injury, soreness, kind of general soreness there. So Jacoperto got the start, 11.7 rebounds. Not a whole lot there. For the Jazz, Bojan Bogdanovic, 28 points, 3 assists. Uh, along with that, Donovan Mitchell, 22 points on decent percentages after some horrible shooting splits. 47% from the field, 55% from 3, 4 rebounds, 9 assists. Uh, Jordan Clarkson off the bench gave you 18. Mike Conley gave you 15. And Joe Ingles gave you 13. Denver Nuggets beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 124 to 109. Uh, Timberwolves were out, Carl Anthony Towns and Josh Okoji, uh, and it didn't really matter because you know they were close for some of it, and the Nuggets just pulled away. Nikola Jokic, another MVP level performance. See what I did there? Triple double again, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists on great shooting because you know who he is. Jamal Murray. Yeah, he's kind of rounding back into form. Maybe some bubble Murray again. Who knows? 36 points, five rebounds, four assists. You also had a good performance by uh, Paul Millsap, who's actually played pretty solid this year. Uh, 12 points, all on threes, four at seven from three. Pretty solid for him. Uh, 14 points for Jermichael Green. Uh, 15 for Facundo Campazzo. It was a pretty solid performance 
for the Nuggets. For the Timberwolves, uh, I guess the total Jared Culver, who actually had a pretty decent offensive game. 20 points on 8 of 13 from the field, 6 rebounds. Uh, Malik Beasley played really well, 25 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. That was really it. D'Angelo Russell, 18 points, pretty decent shooting percentages. Four three-pointers, four rebounds, seven assists. Um, Anthony Edwards had a nice dunk in the opening minutes, uh, but in 22 minutes overall, he only had five points and four rebounds. So not a whole lot to write for Minnesota. I like some comments that D'Angelo Russell said after the fact, which is basically that maybe the Timberwolves aren't ready to win, which is interesting to hear. Um, they aren't ready to win based off the way they've been losing, but he likes the way they lost today because I guess it was an encouraging way of losing, or the way they lost yesterday. Um... I don't know what that means, D'Angelo. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I don't know. You didn't like the way that you guys lost before because you lost in a discouraging way, but you lost in an uplifting way this time? Am I digging too deep? I I don't know. I can't make head nor tail of it. So I leave that to you. Lakers beat the Grizzlies 108-94. Uh, this is a game where the Lakers' depth really showed through. Uh LeBron James and Anthony Davis had subpar games for them, and yet it really did not matter because they had such balance from the rest of their team. Montrezl Harrell had 16 points and 9 rebounds. Wesley Matthews, 14 points with 4 three-pointers. Dennis Schroeder, 11 points, 5 assists. Um, you also had um, uh, Kyle Kuzma, 11 points, 3 threes, 3, three rebounds and 1 assist. Marcus Saul, 7 6 and 4, 7 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. Just good balance all over. I mean, even Taylor Horton Tucker came and had 7 points to go along with 6 rebounds and 2 assists. And all of that helped the Lakers to knock down a, a pretty peppy, scrappy Grizzlies team. Uh, they were down 13-0 early, came back, got a good lead, kept the nip and tuck through most of the third. And then LeBron James had 13 the fourth and really just took over completely. Uh, for the Grizzlies, Kyle Anderson, 18 points. Uh, he did go 1 of 8 from 3, though. Yikes. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, 14 points and 10. Rebounds, Tyus Jones, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, Desmond Bain had 13 points with 3 threes, and really, that was it for the Grizzlies, who are, are come on, they're just undermanned right now. They're down, they're undermanned, it, it, it just is what it is. D'Anthony Melton, uh, looking he was going to be on the comeback to play, but was held out, coach's decision, so I think maybe... Just seeing him another day on the mend, seeing how he feels for their next game, and that will be cool to watch. Dallas lost to Chicago, 118-108. to Really red hot. Zach Levine, who had 30 points uh, first half, uh, 39.6 rebounds, 5 assists on 56% shooting. Uh, just a really good game from him. Kobe White hit several clutch threes down the stretch. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. played pretty decently, 15 points, 7 rebounds. It was a pretty solid game. Off the bench, Daniel Galford came in and made an impact, and the Bulls held on to win. Um, the Mavericks did not have Luka Doncic, uh, who had some uh, quad kind of soreness, quad injury. Uh, so who do they have that stepped up? Jalen Brunson, 31 points with the start on 11-17 shooting, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. He got some help from Maxi Kleba. And Josh Richardson, who finished with 16 points apiece, uh, albeit for Richardson on some pretty bad efficiency, 5 of 14. Tim Hardaway Jr. did not have a great shooting night, 4 of 15 for 13 points. Dorian Finney-Smith had 5. Um, and then off the bench, Willie Colley-Stein had 8. Trey Burke had 7 on 3 of 9 shooting. And really, that was it. So, good, solid win for the Bulls. Way to hold on. Way to play some good, solid team basketball. And they got the win. 
and that was the Sunday slate of games. It was it was pretty good. Not a whole lot of blowouts, which we're encouraging to see. Uh, you know, that Suns game got away, but then they went and clawed back. And I think uh, this has been talked about a little bit, but if you look at the early season start for the NBA, maybe this is more of them kind of getting into actual NBA regular season form and out of the preseason kind of spell that it seemed that they were in. So, I mean, there's points to be taken away from that. Right, looking at tonight's games. Remember Eastern time. That's where we go. So why we? That's why we. That's how we live. That's how we vibe. Uh, seven o'clock p.m. Eastern tonight. Got the Cavs versus the Magic. Two teams at the top of the Eastern Conference supremacy order. No, totally butchered that. Two top tier Eastern Conference teams battling for conference supremacy. That is what I meant to say, and I was being half facetious when I said it. Uh, both teams four and two. Both teams have actually been pretty well. Uh, the Magic kind of stumbled as of late. But Marco Fultz has been worthy of that extension. He's proven that. And the Magic have been solid. Whereas the Cavs behind Sexton, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland have been playing very, very well. Hornets and the 76ers. I uh, don't know how I feel about that game. But maybe LaMelo Ball will get the start. That should be fun. Uh, that's also at 7 o'clock. 76ers are 5-1. Joel Embiid averaging 25 points, 12 rebounds, and just under 3 assists. He is playing like a beast. The Knicks and the Hawks will clash. The Knicks have been a lot more encouraging Come this past year, they are 3-3. Three and three. Julius Randle actually playing very, very good. 21 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists so far on this young season. The Hawks, their offense, man, they're deadly. Their defense, eh. <laughs> and that should be fun to watch. That's the 7.30. Also at 7.30, the Thunder and the Heat. You know, Thunder have been kind of scrappy. They've won two games. They probably, you know, have uh, no right being in, just in terms of the talent out there. But they have some good kind of mismatched piece of talent. George Hill, Al Horde have been playing well. Um, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been really kind of pacing the Thunder here. The Heat, uh, they're 2-3 and three as well. They've kind of stumbled a little bit out the gate, but some of that was injuries to Jimmy Butler, uh, and then he came back, and they just kind of are still trying to find their rhythm. It's still early. 7-30, Celtics and Raptors. Raptors, man, they slip and they slip in fast. We're going to talk about them soon, but they're 1-4 right now. They are playing the Celtics. That should be an interesting game. Hope to see if the Raptors can really bounce back. Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet have been more or less the, the, the bright spots for the Raptors alongside OG and Anobi, but one guy who's really been dropping all of the balls is Pascal Siakam. The dude has not looked good at all this year and really hasn't looked good, if we're going to be completely honest, since the bubble. 8 o'clock on NBA TV, the Mavericks against the Rockets. This game should be really could be really fun or maybe not. Uh, it depends if Luka plays. Even if not, it's still going to be a fun game to watch just because of the way that the both teams play and the style with which they do so. But, I mean, come on. There could be a lot more excitement if Luka's in it. So we'll have to monitor that and see. Also tonight, 8 o'clock, the 1-5 Pistons will play the Bucks. Don't really know how I feel about that, but I am uh, not feeling good about the Pistons. Pacers will be playing the Pelicans. Both teams pretty scrappy. Both teams pretty interesting. DeMontis bonus versus Brandon Ingram. Let's get it. And then finally, to close out the night at 10 o'clock, you have the Sacramento Kings against the Golden State Warriors, who are, yes, indeedy, on the back end of a back-to-back. So Steph Curry, after getting that 62-point game, is now averaging 32 points, 4 rebounds, and 6 assists for the year. And he'll be clashing his Darren Fox and the Kings, who have been very, very, very competent. And for the Sacramento Kings, that is an amazing thing to say. Right, that'll do it here for this episode of NBA Today. You know where to find me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Make sure to check out the fine folks of HoopBall on Twitter at HoopBallTweets, online hoop-ball.com. Don't forget the code I gave you all for Manscaped. Get 20% off your order plus free shipping. Get yourself a crop mop. Get yourself that refined cologne with the code HoopBall, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Again, HoopBall20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. All right, y'all, with that, I am Frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.